Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, so the Twins make a trade. They acquire Manuel Margot from the Dodgers. In addition, they also get an infield prospect, Rain Donkin, and uh, they give up a minor league shortstop, Noah Miller. Uh, your thoughts on that trade? Interesting. Um, you know, it's, it sounds like Margot is another one of those guys we talked about, Pack the other day. He's another one of those guys they kind of have always wanted. Um, and... You know, I don't know exactly how he's going to fit in yet, uh, but he gives them more more roster depth. Um, and you know, last year one of the reasons they were able to survive early season injuries and surge in the second half is they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of depth. And this guy adds their depth. Uh, he's a good fielder. You know, he can and uh, he hits left handed pitching. So he just kind of another and he can run. So he's another guy who uh, who kind of fits in and uh you know we don't know exactly how they're going to use them but they you know the funny thing about the twins is they don't even necessarily know how they're going to use players when they acquire them they just want them in case they need them can he play all three outfield spots uh yes he can play he can play backup center fielder he gives them you know austin martin looked like Austin Martin and Willie Castro looked like the logical backup center fielders on this roster, but we all knew that they didn't really have a pure center fielder or, a, you know, a veteran proven center fielder to back up Buxton if anything goes wrong with Buxton. And this gives them probably a more veteran option, uh, more experienced option than those two guys. He can still run uh, right-handed hitting outfielder. Uh, he can back up all three spots. So he makes a lot of make, he, he makes a lot of sense. Pretty safe to say that Margot would be in the lineup against lefties. Well, I mean, not if Buxton. I mean, if Buxton is healthy, Buxton's your center fielder. Uh, you don't. He's not. Buxton is not a platoon player. Uh, but if you're going to rest him, uh, you're going to rest him against tough right-handers. And you know, and our, uh, I mean, Buxton's your center fielder. He, he's a backup. He's not. He's not going to platoon with Buxton. He will play when Buxton needs a day off. But, you know, they could also play Martin out there. If Martin makes the team, they could play Castro out there. That'll be, he, he's really just another another moves guy. Would he play left field um, instead of Walner um, against left-handed pitching? And would they use him as a defensive replacement? They, um, you know, Walner's a pretty good defender. I mean, I thought that was one of the surprising things about Walner. Excellent arm, gets after it, uh, makes some plays. Uh, and really, you know, when we talk about the Twins and lineups, they might have 130 different lineups this year. So anything we throw out there, could they do this? Could they do that? The answer is, yeah, at some point they're going to do that. Um, depending on how, it, But it's all going to depend on how people are playing. It's going to depend on health. It's going to depend on uh, matchups, uh, what that pitcher throws that day, and which hitter seems to match up best with them. Um, so... You know, I mean, we love to, we love to have plans. They don't really have to plan this out. They just have a guy, another guy, and they can put the lineup. Jim, do you know anything about Rain Duncan, uh, the infield prospect? They also got in the trade. Um, you know, he's he's twenty, um, and hasn't hit much in the pros yet. Uh, can play short, third, and second. So he sounds like a, a another. You know, right now, he unless he becomes a better hitter, he sounds like just a classic. Uh, utility infielder type guy. Uh, Noah Miller, the player that gave up, 
um, it appears he's he's kind of a defensive specialist, but was a pretty high pick by the Twins a few years ago. Yeah, uh, excellent defensive shortstop. Uh, obviously, he's blocked by Correa, and he's also got you know about eight other different guys who can play shortstop uh, in front of him who can hit better than he can in the organization, including Brooks Lee. Uh, so very good defensive player. Uh, he was a 36th pick in the 2021 draft. Uh, just hasn't hit yet. Um, and, you know, if you're not going to hit, in, it, there aren't that many players who don't hit in, you know, low minors and A ball and suddenly become a better hitter later. It does happen occasionally. Uh, but he looks right now, he looks like he projects to be purely a defensive player. And, you know, Correa's going to be here for a while. Speaking of Correa, is he more healthy this year than he was last year? Yes. Now, he was healthy last spring, uh, but, the you know, that plantar fasciitis uh, popped up and he could never really get rid of it. And he even admitted at one point last year that if he hadn't just signed a massive deal, he might have just taken time off to get better. But between signing the massive deal and the Twins struggling for the first half of the season, he didn't feel like he should take time off. So he played through it. And, and it, you know, you see, we can just see what it did to his offensive numbers. I mean, he did not have a typical uh, season uh, for a hitter of his caliber. So, yeah, I mean, again, whatever whatever else happens in camp, if Buxton and Correa are healthy, this team is just immediately better than it was last year. We saw a lot of teams really kind of change how they approached base stealing. There was way more base stealing last year. The Twins didn't do a lot of it. Uh, do you think that Buxton and Correa could be involved in stealing bases this year? Not Correa. Correa doesn't believe in stealing bases. He thinks it beats up his legs. Um, he doesn't think it's worth the risk of injury. He wants to be out there every day. Uh, Buxton, yes. Although, again, we're, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about what's going to, anytime you're talking about in February, what's going to happen in the season, I mean, we have no idea. It, are they going to, if Buxton feels great and he's running all over center field and he's once again one of the fastest players in baseball, maybe they'll have him steal occasionally but again do you want to risk him aggravating or injuring that knee for one for 90 feet probably not you know uh willie castro ended up being you know an excellent base stealer and so they kind of cut him loose uh they don't they they like the idea of stealing in the right situation but uh you know unfortunately one of their fastest players a guy they probably aren't going to cut loose very often Jim, do they view uh, Duran as a guy who's strictly a closer, or would they use him in just high-leverage situations? How How is that approach? Is it going to be about the same approach that they had last year with him? Yeah. Um, I mean, they have they, they right now they have so many other options who can pitch seventh-eighth inning that there's not a whole lot of need for Duran to pitch in those situations. Now, it doesn't mean they won't, you know. I mean, he's their closer. He's going to pitch mostly in ninth innings, uh, end of the game situations. But again, you know, they don't have to stick to that. That they can, if they have a particular, if if the bases are loaded in the seventh inning and they think they need a strikeout, they could go to Duran. I think most of the time, just uh, to stay organized down there, he'll be a ninth inning guy. Jim, what do you think about Blake Snell? Not necessarily for the Twins, but for anybody, is he worth the amount of money that teams will probably have to spend to get him? Well, uh, he, he there's some you know there's some red flags there. Obviously, he's he's had a good career and he's been a good pitcher, uh, but you know, I mean, it, we're we're just seeing 
teams be much more cautious and take much much more taking their time, much more patient in free agency. Um, and you know, he's a good pitcher. Is he worth what he's asking? Well, if he was worth what he's asking, somebody would have signed him by now. Um, so it's obvious that teams don't think he's worth this, and are, and he's probably right at this point. He's not hoping somebody gets injured, but he's 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 probably his agents are probably waiting for somebody to have an injury where he would be the logical replacement. Um, and you know, listen, the Twins obviously aren't going to spend big money, so he doesn't make sense for them. Um, I would guess at some point he's going to sign with somebody and just pitch for whatever he can get. Maybe a one-year deal where he gets to kind of reprove himself. But you know, teams are just not not as wacky in free agency as they used to be. Where they, you know, it used to be a spending competition. Now it's a, now it's more of a a patience competition. Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, teams like that make the most sense to go after him. Maybe, but the Yankees don't spend like they used to, uh, unless it's a true superstar. You know, unless it's somebody they think. Uh, fills the seats and gives him a chance to win a championship. And obviously, if they thought of Snell in that way, they would have already signed him. Red Sox don't spend like they used to. The Dodgers are the one team that spends what we would consider to be kind of crazy money. Um, and they're they're a very rich team, uh, and they market all over the world. And once again, they haven't signed him either. Jim, uh, college football is looking at changing their playoff system, uh, even though it's going to be changing this next year already. Um, what do you think about college football and how many teams should be in the playoff? What, what's the ideal number for you? You know, I for me, I just wanted there to be enough teams in the playoff that you weren't, you didn't have a system that could possibly leave out somebody that either was good enough to win a national championship or could make a case that they deserved a shot at winning the national championship. Uh, now, you know, when you had two teams, obviously the third team left out was good enough to win a national championship and deserved a shot at it. Four teams even. Okay, there could be a fifth team that you know, maybe had two losses early in the season that was, might be the best team in the country, uh, might have had an injury they overcame. You know, I thought that was right. Now, now we're getting up to, you know, like 12 teams. I mean... The 13th team might be able to claim that they deserve to be in the 12-team field. They really can't claim they are capable of winning the championship or deserving of being in the championship game. So, you know, any number probably bigger than six to eight is fine with me. And and as I always said, when there wasn't a playoff or when it was a limited playoff, as soon as college football saw the TV ratings they got from these playoff games, they would suddenly be very much in favor of expanding the field. It's going to start feeling a lot more like March Madness, um, you know, and and they don't care about player safety or student schedules. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the start of a, a very large field in the future. Jim, it sounds like a lot of uh, running backs who maybe had been tagged as far as franchise tags in the past in the NFL are not going to, including Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Um, and there's going to be a lot of big-name free agents out there. But running backs typically have not been getting the money maybe that they're hoping to get. Uh, your thoughts on the running back market in the NFL? Well, this has been going on for a long time now. And you know, it's not that running back isn't an important position. It's not that you don't want a good one. It's that you don't want to invest heavily in a position where the player – probably will have a high incidence of injury where he might not drive team success. 
where he might not last at his peak very long, and where you, I mean, look at where Raheem Mostard has gone done in this league. You know, I mean, he was he was an undrafted free agent, and he had a big year for the 49ers last year. He had, I don't know, I can't remember how many touchdowns he had. He, I think he led the league in touchdowns last year, had a very high yards per carry. He was an undrafted free agent, you know. Um, and then you see the great running backs who hit a wall, and all of a sudden they aren't what they used to be, and, it, and they decline really fast. So it's just not a smart investment for an NFL team to put a lot of money into a, a veteran running back. Now, if you can get one a good one fairly cheap, I mean, of course you want a good one. I mean, the Vikings did not get as much production out of the running back position last year as they needed to or as they wanted to. Chandler had some flashes. Madison was a little bit better later in the season. But they could use I mean, they could use a good number one running back. They just aren't going to spend a lot, a lot of money or, or assets on them. Jim, do you think if the market uh, was you know showing that these running backs aren't going for a high price, would they be interested in one of these guys? Sure, yeah. But they have so many other things to deal with first. I mean, it's not top priority uh but this team would be better if they had saquon barkley or derrick henry uh, i don't know about jacobs he he you know he did not have a good year last year part of his visa raiders didn't have a good offensive line but he didn't show a lot of burst last year um you know henry is on the back side and probably would need to alternate with somebody barkley's a great player when he's healthy and he's had a lot of injury issues so again um you know yeah would you want one of those guys just starting running back yes you'd probably be foolish if you spent a lot of money on them. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? Uh, we have Dawn of, Dawn of Sports with Don Mitchell, uh, Jessica Poole, COO of the Minnesota Roars, our guest this week. We have uh, the John Krasinski show on the Timberwolves is out. We have the Viking Update show out, talking about a lot of the rumors going around the Vikings in the NFL and the draft and everything's at talknorth.com. All right, Jim, thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jay. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column at the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, today brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. News from ABC's next.